We are so glad that you have chosen to stream this audio, and we hope it will encourage you in your faith and your walk towards Christ-likeness. As a side note, we pray that this audio sermon is just supplemental in your relationship with Christ and in no way replaces the church you are plugged into or the pastor that God has put in your life to shepherd and care for your soul. And so with that said, please enjoy this sermon. We have prayed that God would use it in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your church and uh, we thank you for one another. Uh, this community of faith that we have here at Jefferson Town Baptist Church. We thank you that you continue to just work through us. And uh, Father, we pray that you would uh, just uh, bless our time this evening as we've spent time together. And I pray that uh, you would continue to bless and you would, uh, uh, you would strengthen us through the preaching of, of your word uh, by the power of your spirit and the proclamation of your gospel, Father. And we thank you for your love for the nations. And we pray for the prayer, requests we, the prayer requests we've received. And uh, Father, we ask that, uh, that you just continue to bless the churches and missionaries abroad as they, uh, as they strive to, to build up your church, as they proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, the salvation for all. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Well, good evening. Uh, welcome to Midweek Worship. And uh, we will be continuing our series in Philemon, or as they say in Kenya, Philemon. Uh, so that might come out, both of those pronunciations, uh, this evening. But uh, we can, uh, you can begin to turn to, to Philemon. Uh, remember, that is after Titus and before Hebrews, and it's only 25 verses, so it's tucked in there. Uh, this evening, we will only be looking at verses 4 through 7. And as you turn there, um, many of you are probably uh, aware and very excited of the, the new Avengers movie that is coming out very soon, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Yes, uh, and uh, <laughs> um, so uh, this, is, this is a great culmination of, of over 20 movies, uh, and uh, in a most recent trailer, however, uh, we, see, uh, we see a really interesting thing that develops over these movies. Uh, at the very end of this trailer, we see Iron Man and Captain America uh, in this time of of, of a hope of a restoration. The very end of the trailer, Iron Man, Tony Stark, reaches out his hand. Maybe I'll borrow the phrase. He, he, he reaches out the, the right hand of fellowship, and he says, do you trust me? And Steve Rogers, Captain America, he, he grabs his hand, and he says, I do. And uh, right, th- this is a hope for, for restoration. Previous movies, we've seen a rift come between them, and that's called a rift not just in leadership, but amongst all of the Avengers. And now we see this hope for for restoration, for reconciliation, but more so than that, because of who Iron Man and Captain America are, we see a hope for a a, a fellowship, a reunion of all of the Avengers for a greater purpose of defeating Thanos and saving the world. And uh, I think that is also what's at stake here as we look at Philemon, verses 4 through 7, uh, that there is, there is a, a, a hope and there's a, there's a bigger picture of a fellowship among the community, and this time a community of saints, the church, and for a greater purpose and a stronger foundation, that is faith in our Lord Jesus. So again, we'll be looking at verses 4 through 7, and I think we'll be focusing on, as Paul directs us in the text, Love and faith. And so that is a love for the saints, this, this, this fellowship among the saints, 
and faith in our Lord Jesus. So we'll read verses four through seven. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Father, I pray that you would be glorified through the preaching of your word and that your spirit uh, would speak through me. And uh, we pray that humbly in the name of Jesus. So, so love and faith. And uh, as, we're, as we begin to, uh, to talk about Philemon, we begin to see that there is this, uh, as Brother Doug pointed out, there's this, this, uh, this hope for, for reconciliation specifically between Philemon and Onesimus. Um, but we also see this, this kind of backdrop of a, of a sort of fellowship and of a, of a uh, reconciliation, a kind of a communion, community amongst all of the church. And uh, before we really jump into the text itself, I do want to say a word about that is kind of surrounding the text. One word that is often used as people look at and study Philemon as they think about how Paul is writing this letter, uh, a word that is often used here is, is tact. Uh, or, or kind of charm or grace, and people commend uh, Paul as an example of, of being very tactful in how he approaches Philemon and what he's going to request of him. So remember that specific setting. Uh, Paul is sending the runaway servant turned Christian Onesimus back to Philemon. But as we're just reading the letter, this actually hasn't happened yet. That's actually going to happen in the next section when Paul makes his plea on behalf of Onesimus to Philemon. And so before we get there, we have verses 4 through 7, and we can see uh, that Paul is beginning to, uh, uh, to talk about Philemon. He even says in verse 4 that, that, uh, that he thanks God in prayer always for Philemon. Uh, I don't think that Paul is, is sort of uh, setting Philemon up just to pull the rug out from under him and say, hey, you better take Onesimus back. I think Paul is being very heartfelt. He's being very genuine. Remember, he calls Philemon a beloved fellow worker. And he's, he's thankful to God for Philemon. So I think we can learn from Paul as we see this backdrop of, of, of looking forward to a sort of, of uh, an opportunity of forgiveness and an opportunity of fellowship we see that backdrop of Paul is setting those things up. And in particular, as we see uh, Paul's tact and charm, I think it's a reminder for us uh, that as we are in life and we are doing ministry and we are living as Christians, uh, it's, it's actually about people. Uh, we shouldn't be prioritized uh, over our own objectives, but rather we should remember our relationships. So this is about people. Paul is not just trying to check something off a list to get Onesimus out of his life, but he wants to serve and he wants to, uh, to minister to Philemon and Onesimus. Um, so now let's begin to, to walk through these four verses, see how Paul is leading and guiding us towards this love and faith, and see what that means for us this evening. And so as we return to verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Uh, and so... 
This is actually really common in in many of Paul's letters following his greeting, which we heard from uh, last week, verses one through three. He has a time of of thanksgiving and of prayer. And in fact, this phrase in verse four uh, is is really seen several different times throughout other letters where he he says that he, he thanks God always when he remembers them in prayer. As he prays, he's thankful to God for them. And so... Uh, this is common, uh, yet it is also a, a reminder that, uh, that Paul is continuing to, uh, to love the churches and the people that he has ministered to by being thankful for them to God in prayer. And uh, I think this is, this is helpful and this is, um, well, maybe challenging to us. It sounds good, but perhaps challenging to us. Um, that if you think about all these different churches and there are people that Paul has, has encountered and has, an, has had an effect on for the gospel, and he says that he prays for them always when he remembers them, and he's thankful to God for them. So not only does he pray perhaps for, uh, for their growth, uh, maybe for uh, a, a sort of maturing in the faith that they would turn away from things, but he's also just thankful for them. He's thankful to God for them. Um, but Why is he thankful specifically for Philemon? Well, verse 5 tells us, Because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. So Paul has has heard about uh, what Philemon has been doing. Now, we know that Paul and Philemon have a a previous relationship. Uh, Indeed, it says it later that Philemon owes Paul his life. As, as Philemon became a Christian, he converted to Christianity under Paul's ministry. And the way that he addresses him in this letter, it seems that they have a, a dear friendship and relationship. But in addition to this, Paul has heard about the love and the faith that Philemon has, and probably in particular to the church in his house and how he is ministering to them. And so this, he probably heard this from Onesimus, but we also know that Onesimus was sent with others and, and actually other letters to churches. So perhaps there are other churches in that region that have just heard about how, what Philemon is doing and how he is ministering to uh, the saints, God's holy people. And Paul has heard about this and he's thankful for this. But we also see here that Paul is already beginning to set up a priority in the letter in that he mentions because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have. And so he even mentions love first. I think this is already setting a precedent for uh, Paul calling upon Philemon's love, as we know that he's soon going to ask that he would receive Onesimus back, and not just as a slave, not a mere slave, but as a brother. So he's already setting a precedent for love in the letter, and Paul wants to remind Philemon of that and be thankful for Philemon's love. Uh, But we also see that surrounding that love for all the saints, as it says in verse 5, right in the middle of that is faith in the Lord Jesus. So faith is still at the center. Faith is still the core. And love surrounds that. And so we can see that it is only through faith in this Lord Jesus who has shown us uh, the true example of love is only faith in Jesus that Philemon is able to act in love. But it's interesting, we'll see later on as well, though, that um, with, uh, uh, without that love, then Philemon's faith would actually be dead. So we see that these are, are intricately related, and, uh, and Paul is, is thankful that Philemon has been able to, to work this out. So he continues in verse 6, 
And he continues to pray. He says, And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. And so as we're walking through the text and explaining these verses, you might be wondering why I would pause at verse 6 and, and, and uh, begin to describe or, or define sharing of your faith. Uh, for many of us that grew up in the church, you think, well, that's an easy one, Andrew. I know what that means. We share our faith evangelistically. Uh, we, we share our faith that others may see us as a witness and as a, as a reflection of who God is and what Jesus has done so that they too may call upon Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Well, we know that this is good. We know that this is necessary. We know that this is a, a call that God has given us, and this is how we walk in obedience in part, by sharing our faith in, in an evangelistic way. But I, I don't think that's what Paul has in mind here when we see this phrase, sharing of your faith. For one, if we continue to look at the context, we know that Paul is writing to Philemon and to the church in his house. And he's already said, as we've looked at in verse 5, that, that Paul is, is commended Philemon for his love for all the saints. And we see that again even in verse 7. He says, uh, Paul has, has derived that much joy and comfort because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, Philemon. So there seems to be this emphasis not on non-believers, but rather on believers. So when Paul says that he prays that the sharing of his faith may become effective, he's not saying here that the sharing of your faith may become effective so that those who are not Christians may know of Christ and of God. He is saying the sharing of your faith with Christians may continue to grow and be effective. So let's continue to work through uh, these words and phrases that we see in verse 6. So sharing of your faith, this, this is like a, uh, um, if we, if, honestly, if we just look at other translations, this is like a, a participation or a partnership. Uh, the NASB actually just says fellowship, the fellowship of your faith. So we, we see this is talking among, about Philemon amongst other believers. And he, he prays that it may become effective. So this is, this is causing an effect. This is producing something. It wants to be effective. It wants something to actually happen because of this fellowship, of this sharing. And he says, for the, the full knowledge. So this is a, like a, a, a deepening understanding. Or if we talk about a full knowledge Right, this is growth, where we continue to grow and know, or that we can we go deeper and deeper into who God is. So this is like a growth in Christ, a growth in the Christian life, or maturing in that Christian walk. It may become uh, effective for the full knowledge of every good thing. That one is really easy. What is, where does every good thing come from? These things are from God. So every good thing, these are the things from God, but this is every good thing that is in us. So we know that these are the, the good things from God in us. These are the gifts that he has given us through his spirit. So we, we see that God has blessed us with these gifts, with these good things as, as these saints, as these Christians have been uh, have been converted, have been regenerated, have been given new life, a new heart. They are blessed with these gifts and these good things from God. And so 
And we come to the last phrase of verse 6, for the sake of Christ, or for his name, or for his glory. So, let's put all that together again. Verse 6, Paul prays that the fellowship or the communion of Philemon's faith with the church would produce, right, would affect growth or maturity in the good gifts that God has given believers as they represent Christ's name as his followers. So I technically made verse 6 longer, but hopefully it was easier to understand. So let's go through that one more time. Paul prays that the, the fellowship of Philemon's faith with the church would produce growth or maturity in the good gifts that God has given believers as they represent Christ's name. Okay, so this is about fellowship of, of, of faith. This is grounded in the faith of their Lord Jesus. This transcends all things. And it's so that the church would be built up, would be equipped, would be made effective as their gifts begin to grow and mature so that they may represent Christ. But why, we can ask again, does Paul pray this? Again, we see the answer this time in verse 7. Paul has had much joy and, and comfort from Philemon's love because he knows that Philemon's love is refreshing to the saints. And this must have been uh, just very dear for Philemon to hear from Paul. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Paul has been doing church ministry uh, for many years, and he is thankful that Philemon is able to refresh the hearts of the saints in the church. Okay? So we see that Paul has, has, has joy and comfort from Philemon's faith, Philemon's love, rather, because the saints have been refreshed through Philemon. But then we ask, why is Paul praying for Philemon's faith and fellowship in verse 6 if it's Philemon's love that, that brings Paul joy? So he prays for, for Philemon's faith and, and the fellowship of that faith in verse 6. But then in verse 7, he says that he's, that he's, he's received joy from Philemon's love. Well, let's not forget that in verses 4 and 5, Paul is thankful for Philemon's love for the saints and faith toward the Lord Jesus. Paul knows that it is from Philemon's faith that his love is acted out. But he's also thankful for his love because this shows that he has a true faith. So apart from faith in Christ, there cannot be a true love for others, especially as we talk about fellowship, this communion, this community of the faith of the saints. If you are not of Christ, you cannot love his bride. So if you don't have that faith toward the Lord Jesus, there's not going to be that love for the saints. But we also can see that if that love wasn't there, then you could question that faith at all. You're probably familiar with, with James 2.26, where we read that, that faith uh, without works is dead. I don't think it's a stretch to say that faith 
apart from love, indeed that is a work of Christ, is dead. Faith without love is dead. Or we actually hear this more directly from Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Friends, Christian faith and love is intricately related. You must have faith in Christ to love the church, but your faith must be proven by your love. And so we see the, 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 the precedence and the, the priority of faith and love in these few verses. And we also can see, as we know the big picture of Philemon, that this is pointing forward to that, that reunion, that, that reconciliation, that, that hopeful forgiveness between Philemon and Onesimus as they now share this faith. Onesimus has become a Christian. They now share this faith. And so Paul prays that now in that faith, with that foundation, their love would be for one another. They would be reunited in that. But more so, remember, this is to Philemon and to the church in his house. Paul is concerned because he knows this, what is happening. He's sending Onesimus with this letter. Uh, there's not much time to, to think about that. There's no debrief time. He reads the letter, and he's already been looking at Onesimus the whole time. There's no, there's no time to think through this, okay? And so he knows that this is in front of the whole church. And so Paul is concerned for the whole church to gather around in this fellowship of faith to produce love, to produce a, effective love, a good gift that is from God. And, and uh, as, we, as we think about this faith, primarily this is a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know, we know this is true as we read the Bible. We know this is something that Paul preaches. And we see examples of it time and time again. And even just a, a short example of it is in verse 3 that we looked at last week. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Where do we receive grace from? From the Father through the Son. How in the world is there peace between us and God our Father? The Lord Jesus Christ. This is a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the foundation for love for others. Indeed, this is the foundation for the church. So a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a fellowship love between the church. And so as we think about uh, uh, the church and we think about this faith and how it's supposed to produce fellowship, uh, there's, there's many examples of Paul talking about the church and, and, and as he describes the church as a body with many members. Uh, one of my favorite illustrations that, that preachers give as they talk about the church is, is how they can think of, of several examples of people in their church who should not be friends, uh, whether because they would have never crossed paths if they were just living their lives, or maybe even because they could have been like enmity between one another. But because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, right, they are united together in that faith. 
that is a greater foundation, more, more than anything else in our lives, bigger than anything else in our lives. And that is a, that foundation of faith brings people together. And they're not just there like, hey, I like Jesus, cool. You like Jesus, sweet. Uh, and you stand next to each other. No, there's love between one another, right? Okay, you're not just like, hey, We'll just stand right here. No, right? We, people greet each other with hugs, and, and there's, there's warm welcomes, okay? People love each other at church because of the faith they have in the Lord Jesus. And we see this example in Philemon, but we must ask ourselves, what does that mean for us? How does that look in our church? So we are sitting and standing in Fellowship Hall. Well, what does that mean? What do we do here? Maybe we should change the name to just the dining hall, okay? That's, I don't think so. Uh, as much as I, I, I love to eat, um, the food is not what makes the fellowship. It is the people and, and, and what the people are, are doing and what they're talking about. So can you have fellowship without food? Friends, the answer is yes, okay? There is fellowship without food. But that doesn't mean that you can't have food when you are fellowshipping. So it's okay, we can keep it. But I want to encourage you now, right? The next time we gather for, for, for a meal, whether it, is, whether it is dinner or breakfast or lunch, next time we gather for a meal, and it's not just in fellowship hall, many of us go out to lunch after church on Sundays. We, we see each other and we, we have relationships outside of Sundays and Wednesdays, right? Because of this great foundation of faith. So now the fellowship becomes not just what you are eating, but who you are. You're Christians. You're living for the sake of Christ. So now, what are you talking about? What are you thinking about? What are you praying? Are you praying when you get together with your brothers and sisters in Christ? So fellowship is not the food, but rather fellowship is, is the people of God as they, as they think about and they dwell about these things of God, but not just think about them, but they are, 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 are pursuing these good things from God towards one another that may be effective. And they're pursuing them for the full knowledge, for maturing in the faith. So, uh, so they, they, are, they are gathering together to look upward so that they may be pushed outward. Okay, your, your, your faith in Jesus Christ, the Christian faith from the Bible, is, is, not, is not a singular thing. God has called his people in the church. We're thankful for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that is crucial. But then from that, he has called us together in the church. So as we think about fellowship, we just had communion this past Sunday, the Lord's Supper. Literally, we call it communion. Literally, together. That's what the point of communion is. Okay? We, we all take it together. There's a reason why it's not like a smorgasbord and some people drink the juice first and then some... No, we do that together. Everyone, everyone receives the elements together and they partake of the elements together. And, and part of what we did, as we saw the, 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 the beautiful godly leadership of our pastors, is we read a time of confession together. Okay? We read that together as a church. So when we think about communion, all right, this is an opportunity for fellowship, especially with our specific context of, of getting to have a, a deacon family lunch following. So did you come down and were you waiting for Cameron to sing so you could leave? Or did you come down and say, hey, how, 
how can I, how can I pray for you? We just learned that, 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 uh, um, that God provides for us in our, in our daily bread. How has he done that for you? Because that sounds really cool. Here's how he's done it for me. Right? Sharing these things from God with our brothers and sisters in Christ and, and praying for them. Another specific example of, of fellowship at Jefferson Town Baptist Church is, is our community groups where we discuss the things that are going on in our lives. This is, there, there's, there's great community, uh, there's great food, uh, there's great friendship, but it's more than that. We get together so we can look at the Bible and talk about the preached word of God and how the Spirit uses the word to change our hearts. And as he's changing our hearts, why? So that we become effective for the full knowledge of the good things that God has given us for the sake of Christ. That we may share our faith. Friends, do, do your, your Christian brothers and sisters know your testimony? Do they know how God worked in your lives? I was thinking about this. Um, I mean, parents, do your, do your children know your testimony? Grandkids, they know how God saved you? There's an opportunity for fellowship. Share what God has done. And I think an, an excellent example is Paul has already given us in verse 4, we talked about earlier, I thank my God always and I remember you in my prayers. There's, there's fellowship in prayer. This, I love Wednesday nights because we get to pray together as a church. Do you remember the prayer request you just prayed a few minutes ago? Do you continue to pray for them throughout the week? Were you praying with the people at your table? Or did you just say amen when you heard him say or her say in, in Jesus' name? Right? Was that amen, an act of fellowship? Because you're praying with them. And so you do say, let it be. It, it, it is so. You're, you, want that, you want that prayer uh, to be true because you know that who you're praying to or an act of love that might be uh, uh, kind of outside of this realm of fellowship as, as, as we go home, are, are you, as, as Paul is, are you, are you praying for uh, uh, your church, for, for your members, your brothers and sisters? Do you, I mean, yeah, there's not that many of us, right? We pray that God would continue to grow, but there's not that many of us. You could pray through all of the members at Jefferson Town Baptist Church surely in a month, probably in a week, <laughs> okay? You can, you, you can begin to pray for them and, and not just pray for them, but we can be thankful for them. We can think about uh, our, our deacons and how they serve us and be thankful for them. And we can be thankful for, for, for uh, all of the, the volunteers and those who, who not just take care of, but, but teach our children. And we're thankful for the other teachers as they, as they lead uh, uh, mature brothers and sisters in Christ to, to know the Bible more and more. How are you loving your church? A great way to do that is through prayer. Prayer for the saints, as Paul has, has modeled for us here. And so, friends, I want to encourage you that your faith 
is a, is a foundation for fellowship. Remember your saving faith. And it is not just a saving faith, but a sustaining faith as we all are being, are being made more effective to the full knowledge of the good things that God has given us for the sake of Christ. So your faith is a foundation for fellowship. And as we think about fellowship, friends, love your brothers and sisters. Share your faith with them as an act of love. Let's remember and praise God for our faith and salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ that he has given us. And let us be so moved that our faith may not be dead, so moved to love the saints, to love our brothers and sisters. And may we do this for the sake of Christ, because of what he has done for us. And we know that this is, this, is, this is bigger than all of us. The example we see in Philemon is that there is going to be a, a, a runaway servant and a thief. But we know that God is powerful enough that through the foundation of their faith, they may again come in fellowship, in love for one another, for something that is bigger than themselves, that they may fight for the whole world to defeat the enemy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our faith, the gift that you have given us. Father, thank you for Jesus, in whom we have our faith that you have given us. And Father, we thank you for your church. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God, we thank you that you have called us together. And that that our faith is a foundation that, that supersedes all other aspects of our lives. And I pray that you would help us to see that tonight, Father, and, and, and tomorrow, and, and the rest of this week. And I, I pray specifically, Father, that you would help us to see that this coming Lord's Day on Sunday, that we would see the foundation of our faith as an opportunity to love one another. And Father, may your spirit move through your word to bring about a true fellowship in Jefferson Town Baptist Church. That as we gather together, we want to know how you are working in our lives. That we want to pray for our brothers and sisters. That we want to be united for the sake of Christ. We may continue to grow and, and be made mature in him. Father, help us to continue to live by faith and to walk in love. We pray all this in Jesus' name.